Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined as always, the master of receipts, NYJ Matt. Matt, we have a bittersweet week to recap the Jets. Are on a four-game winning streak. They're five and two. They're playing terrific football. And then today we learned that two of the brightest uh, young stars in football and, of course, on our own team, Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker, are out for the season. Yeah, it's a punch right in the dick. Uh, it's unbelievable that this happened. Um, we always FaceTime after every game, even the morning after. We have not talked yet. Uh, we've texted, obviously, but we have not talked yet. So this will be authentic based on, on how we're going to react here. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in Vegas all weekend. I was my uh, I actually almost saw DJ B enemy because he's he's covering the Texans and oh, yeah. in, in Vegas. So I just got home. I didn't get to see him last night. I was all you know mangled up. But here we well, are. Look, if, if you were to tell me five guys in the team, take the 53, take five guys that you can't have missed the entire year. In no order, it is Wilson, Sauce, Quinnen, Hall, and AVT. Yes. That's right? Um, and it's brutal. And, and here's what we got to start with. The Jets are a 5-2 and two football team. The dream start before the bye looking at our schedule was 4-5. and five. A lot of different podcasts, videos, we all talked about it. 4-5 and five going to the bye was this could be a playoff team. Yeah. They are 5-2 and two with two home games. Obviously, the Buffalo game we'll get into will be tough, but New England at home to become 6-2 and two and end that losing streak, all of that is great. It is positive. Our young quarterback is not playing great, but he is 4-0. and oh. Everything is going well. And you get a back-breaking injury to Hall, which almost looked like a head injury at first. I tweeted out. I said, thank God it's not a knee injury. Oh, God. The worst, it's the worst tweet ever. It's the second worst tweet, and oh. how you look at it when you said that you'd rather play in Afghanistan than Denver, which I <laughs> it's one of those tweets that Mike usually will text me and be like, Is this a little too far? And most of the time, I'm like, No, go for it. Sometimes I'm like, Yeah, pull it back. I saw the tweet, I did not think it was too far, but I'm surprised that wasn't one of the ones that you ran by me. I would have, I would have gave the green light because it's a great tweet, but it, dude, it. it oh. The the that's whole before we knew that's before we knew about you know right <sighs> and as the day went on for ABT I did find a sense of like they said elbow like what if it's like a tear in his arm and he can't play I had that thought and I just didn't want to manifest that or say it out loud no. to lose but I mean this your two best offensive players it was interesting too because before this debacle even with the Zach Wilson injury and the and and Becton. Uh, before the season, you would have said, look, the Jets have been relatively kind of healthy. The tackle position got screwed up. You know, you had four guys get hurt in one spot. But other than that, everything else had, uh, you know, been relatively guys stay on the field. And then here you go. Just the two two of the five worst. It's just so bad. It's not a fun debate to have, but I almost uh, killed your cousin. Like w- when we were debating our group he's chat. Being so, he's being ridiculous. It, it, here's the question. Who... who Who's worse? Like who? If you could have a time machine and say, "Come back, you're staying." Who do you pick? Between AVT and Breeze, you yeah. probably pick AVT. It's the more uh, essential position, and the Jets could go trade for Kareem Hunt to you know tomorrow and make that a lot better. There's not going to be a guy who's going to come in who will have 
played three offensive line positions and done them all at a really high level. And uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. And and we're gonna get we'll probably talk about the hall and AVT injury a bit later, but I want to start with the five and two record and what Zach has shown so far. Right. A leg injury didn't get the reps throughout the rest of training camp. Very comes back into a tough environment, plays a very, very great elite fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. He then takes care of business in Miami. You don't ask him to do a lot, hand the ball off, dominate. So through two games, you're like, we haven't unleashed him yet, but he's he's winning games and we're fine. Green Bay, great defense was like 10 for 18. Nothing spectacular. But again, you're winning, you're running the ball. You threw the ball two times in the fourth quarter, I think. Yesterday was a bad performance by Zach. And we'll, we'll I want to hear your thoughts on it, but not being decisive, not even guys like Tyler Conklin, huge first down. He was open for a, an hour and he double clutched it. The pressure was bad. A lot of Zach Wilson defenders are going to tell you the pressure was horrible. He couldn't do anything. A lot of Zach Wilson deniers will say the sky is falling, even though they're 4-0. All I want to say right now is be appreciative that your team is five and two, be pissed about the injuries, be happy that you're five and two, and then we'll have the conversation when the losses happen regarding Zach Wilson. Right now, I'm perfectly fine with how this team is progressing. Talk to me, Mike. Yes, it's a really weird spot to be in because without the injuries, I would be all optimism. Let's go. We're five and two. We're going to run the ball down the Patriots throat beat their ass, play our brain of football. And, and look, you know, the Zach Wilson stuff, it's just a weird spot. You know, the four and the one touchdown, he does have a tendency to just have plays that, you know, passes that he throw end up on the one yard line. He has to catch a touchdown. He's got to run in a touchdown, you know? So like the stats could look a little bit better. I think, um, who was it? Zach Rosenblatt tweeted out the 17 game stats for Zach which aren't great, just about 3,000 yards. They're asking him to be, you know, a glorified, not even glorified, but a, a game manager, and he's doing a good job, not turning the ball over. Um, yeah, but like you said, the, the the fourth quarter of the Steelers game was elite. The Dolphins game, he played well, and then the last two games, he has not played well. So Even the Green Bay game, I'll give him a bit of a pass. Like, I, I don't know. I they, you you beat a team by double digits in Lambeau. The problem with yesterday, which is tough, is when Hall goes down. Th- I feel like there was moments of people being open, and like I get the pocket is collapsing. I get you have a backup tackle in there after AVT goes down, but I don't think he's reading the field well at all. I no. feel like he's skittish back there. Even like I hate to bring this up, but like look at a young quarterback like we had in Mark Sanchez. And in Sam Darnold, where in their second start, they're they're throwing for big numbers and they're pretty fucking confident against tough teams. And I need that same feeling when it comes to throwing the football. He's doing a good job leading the offense. He he's running the football well. He's getting to his running back. Screen plays are okay. He hit Barrios twice on a screen where he led him upfield and made really good yeah. throws yesterday, which was per, which was promising, right? Well, the one thing too that's interesting to me is we haven't seen him with his signature trait of getting outside the pocket and then making a sick throw. He he had the throw to uh Corey Davis in Green Bay, which was awesome. But other than that, it's like you would have expected, you know, if he's going to extend these plays and make some of these guys miss and be elusive like he's been doing, someone's 
you know, going to come open at some point or he's going to make a throw down the field. And that just hasn't been the case. So, you know, if I think what the Jets might be hoping for this year is Wilson to manage some of the games and and then make those big plays. But the big plays haven't been there is the kind of concerning part. Yes. And think I want you to rewind back to end of round one of the draft. Right. And if you're listening, take yourself back to round one of the draft ends. You just got um you get Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and Jermaine Johnson. At that time, your skill position players are like, holy shit. We have Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, two tight ends we got in free agency, and Michael Carter. At that point, you don't know you have Hall yet. You're not expecting Hall to be drafted there. You draft a linebacker or a safety. We're talking about all the other positions, right? Right. Hall is a, b- a big plus, but if Corey Davis is day-to-day and he's back, and Elijah Moore stops being a fucking scumbag, which we'll get into, <laughs> you have you have the weapons that you were comfortable going in, and Brees Hall was more of a luxury, and he's going to be your every-down guy. Now we're going to really build a cool, dynamic duo. So it's not gloom and doom yet. The ABT injury is is brutal beyond words. But this offense still has the players, multiple weapons. I'll, I'll call it six weapons that you can air it out with good protection. And I think it's a possibility that this the, the Zach Wilson breakout game can still happen. No, and it should happen. And, and again, Zach Wilson was on the road against two tough defenses the last two weeks, really good defenses. The Broncos have had a really, really solid year, especially with past defense. People have been tweeting out the stats like no quarterback that has played them this year has had has fared well. So um, there's still time and he does have, like you said, six guys that he could throw to the three receivers, the two tight ends. We want more out of Uzama uh, and Michael Carter. I bet the Jets will add a running back, but we'll see. I don't think they're going to go with Ty Johnson as the number two. But, you know, if you don't want to give up a semi premium pick, I understand. So we'll see. Like the like you so so like you said, Garrett Wilson's got to step up. Elijah Moore's got to step up. The Jets' offense, you know, the Jets were throwing uh, for a lot of yards the first three games. Of course, they were trailing in those games, even the fourth game, including the the Steelers game. It's not a Flacco or Zach Wilson thing. They just started running the ball really well and and stuck with it. And I'm excited to see. I hope they open it up a little bit and and let's use our guys. You know, it's like the first couple of weeks. Who the hell is going to guard Elijah Moore? Who's going to guard Garrett Wilson? Good luck. Good luck. You put your third corner on Corey Davis. Good luck. Yeah, here's where I don't get, though. Like, there's a play yesterday that stood out to me. I think it was a zone beater, but Braxton Barrios did, like, a seven-yard stop. On the first same down. thing. And, like, why don't we just do that all the time? All right, I'm just like, can we just do that more? <laughs> can we scheme up plays for Garrett Wilson to get the ball in space? Like, I'm asking for these things to happen that they can happen, and we've seen it. Like, go watch any other football game. Like the Giants Jaguars game, just like consistently eight yard plays. And I'm like, what? Like, I want that sometimes. And, and look, I will take five and two. I would sell my soul to be five and two at this point. And I'm not one. I think, I think the Jets were uh, either they were five and oh or five and one one year. And I tweeted out before the season, I was like, I would go to jail for like 18 months for this to happen. Look, I you have to take it. And I'm going to get into a new topic here. Yeah. And it's Elijah Moore. Mike was 150% right last episode. Go back and listen to it. I wish I, I wasn't. I was more cautious. He was like, Elijah Moore's an asshole. I'm like, it's a couple tweets. He'll be fine. The broadcast no less than five times referenced Elijah Moore. 
the fact that Corey Davis goes down and your selfishness put your team in a position where they have to use Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios in, in multiple formations throughout the game. He should be ashamed. He's a selfish asshole who listened to A.J. Brown give him bad advice. A.J. Brown was in a run-first offense, but again, he's in, like, at that time, his fourth year. He's unhappy. He, he, he gets out of Okay, whatever. I, I don't love it. Elijah Moore, you've played 17 games in the NFL. This isn't a play where you can go out and get traded. I, I would rather him sit on the bench for two straight fucking years and trade him and get him to a team that he wants to go to. He's going to figure it out. I did not think he was a diva. He's cr- clearly proved me wrong. He's way more of a diva than Debo or AJ Brown combined to request a trade after fucking 17 games. Unbelievable. He has to come back and do the right thing or the moment he doesn't sit him on the bench, he's done. Yeah, no, I mean, it's incredible how wrong he was. Usually in these situations, you know, you're kind of waiting for something to leak. Say so maybe we don't have all the facts of the situation. The facts of the situation were that the Jets were on a three-game winning streak for the first time in seven years. Uh, well, 2019, they had a three-game winning streak. But the best starts in, in, in seven years. I tweeted out the, the last that. meaningful yes, three-game yes, winning streak. Definitely the most uh, meaningful three-game winning streak. They were coming off a road game where they threw the ball 18 times. Nobody had more than two catches in the game on the Jets. And you want to throw a hissy fit and, you know, say, I want more targets, trade me. It's insane. It's just insane. We said it. We've been tweeting it. Uh, you know, I'm glad we've been on him. And, you know, like we're, we're not biased against Elijah Moore. We just made a, a sweatshirt with his face on it. We, <laughs> we like the guy. He, he showed his true colors and it's, it was a disturbing thing. I think Sala has done an unbelievable job handling the situation saying they don't need to alienate him from the organization, you know, try to let cooler heads prevail. Maybe, maybe, just maybe Elijah Moore just kind of went off the deep end a little bit. He can learn from this. He's a young guy. I'm praying, but what a disgusting showing by by the, by Elijah. It's just, just, it's disgusting. I've never been more wrong. I, I truly thought he was like a normal person. And the That's best so part cool. about it, I'm so pissed about this. In my notes section of my app, I swear to God, I typed in, Mike is going to make a God reference tweet about Elijah Moore (laughs) and requesting a trade. And then you tweeted it, and I'm like, find a timestamp, and there's no timestamp in the notes. notes. I'm so pissed that I I didn't call that. In theory, I did. But the thought, and this is a true statement, if the Jets right now were one and six at the time of the trade, whatever yeah. it was, like one and five. And he had 32 catches, 400 yards, and three touchdowns. No trade request. That's why he's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. Tr- truly a scumbag. Should Jeff Smith request a trade because he was targeted one time yesterday in all of his snaps? Should CJ Uzama request a trade because he's been non-existent in the passing game? No, both of them said, let's fucking go. Big Jets win. JTS, we'll see you Monday. Yeah, there's a like, number of guys on the Jets this year that have been unselfish. And it's just, it, it's shocking too, because in that locker room, you know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's a lock. It, it seems like a great locker room. You see the stuff Michael Carter's been saying. Everyone seems to be a leader. Um, Justin Hardy and Will Parks and Quan and all these guys saying the right things. and. Quinn in and then to have Elijah just brooding with this behavior is just strange. So 
I mean, what a shame. And right when we needed him, you know, you know, now you need him more than ever. So hopefully he'll feel needed and wanted. But, you know, the next time things it's not even the next time things go awry or you have a bad stretch because it's not a bad stretch. <laughs> you know, it's like when adversity hits, there is no adversity. There wasn't. You're on a three game winning streak. So you're going to create adversity yourself. I don't know. It's hard to trust the guy going forward, but he had to have had a full meltdown. Yes. I wonder what he said to LaFleur. Oh, man. Five and two. No AVT or Brees. You have an offensive line with Fant not coming back this, this week. Obviously, some, some big takeaways going into the New England game. If you're listening and you don't have a ticket yet, I highly recommend you consider taking the family or taking a trip up to MetLife. Even if you don't get blacked out, you know, have a beer, drive yourself, buy a parking pass, and just enjoy the game. This is going to be one of the ones that if they win, it's truly the best home win since 2015. So if you can get out to MetLife for the game on Sunday, I highly recommend it. Mike and I will be there in lot M3. Please come through. But the last time I think I was this excited for a non-home opener, even just any game was probably the Dallas game. No, probably the the Monday night football game in 2019 against the Patriots. And that's truly a lot. I went in that game like freaking the fuck out. And we were one and fourth time. Now we're or one and five. Now we're five and two getting ready for this game. It's going to feel really good on like Thursday or Friday getting ready for this game because the you're not going to forget about the briefs and the AVT, but you're going to say it's it's usually at that point in the week when the Jets had just lost and we're like, you know what, it's time, we're going to win, refire ourselves up, get it into our own heads that the Jets are going to be whatever. Now the Jets are actually 5-2 and two playing well. The whole defense is intact. You still have the three receivers we talked about. We have our, our young second-year quarterback who we are hoping is going to be terrific, and it's an important, important divisional game. I'm super excited, and I definitely feel by, like, Friday, Thursday or Friday, I'm gonna, we're going to be insane. We're going to be fired up for this game it's one of those things that you just want to take the entire week off of work and just prepare <laughs> so <for> it. Bad. <laughs> yeah look um uh, i i would be remiss if i didn't call out the elite performance outside of one very sloppy drive by the jets defense um pass rush wasn't as sustained until it kind of picked up a little bit i think yeah the but they were half. clutch i agree though it wasn't it wasn't every play you know there was a push like there was in the packers game completely agree but i i mean how blessed are we to have sauce gardner and dj reed these guys are playing at a level where every week i go into it i promise every week i go in and say you know they're playing a good miami team if they have a tough game perfectly fine with it they can't dominate every game and then i say that every week and they still do it they keep getting better i mean dj reed is so good he's smashing people they throw a bomb over his head he goes and deflects it away I mean, he's forced the interception to Mosley. That was an interception that they revert. That was an insane reversal at the I, end of the game. I told you I had a feeling during the game at some point late in the fourth, I just was like, we have to have used up all of our luck. We have to have used up the the comeback in Cleveland, the two-score deficit in Pittsburgh, some interesting moments in the Miami game in the, in the fourth quarter that didn't feel like we were going to win going into the fourth. And I'm like, we use up all of, our, all of our luck. And then once they picked it off, I tweeted out five and two. I'm like thrilled. <laughs> and I kept saying, my grandma calls me, she starts doing the Jets chant. And I kept saying, why the fuck is Ripian's helmet on? 
why drip his helmet? And I'm like, why is CJ Mosley putting his helmet back on? What is happening? And I was like having a panic attack. And that fourth and 10 play, I'm going to be very honest, definitely not PI, but that is a, is a play in the NFL where I would not have been shocked if they threw a fly there and they would have the ball on the one yard line when the game should have been over. Yeah, that was insane. I mean, that is my big problem with pass interference in football is too subjective. And you could just, you could just call it on any play. You could, he kind of touched him, he, whatever, but you know, that was insane that they reversed that play. Um, good thing it didn't change the outcome, but like you said, sauce and DJ Reed are unbelievable though. The one thing I was thinking earlier, which is kind of a silver lining, but not really, just a perspective kind of thing. You lose Brees and AVT both on offense, which is frustrating because it's both on offense and that clearly will hurt the offense, you know, more than the whole team. The defense is at least fully intact and playing the best we've seen since 2010. So at least... You know, if you're going to lose two insane guys in offense, at least you don't lose one guy in offense, one guy in defense, and kind of ruin both units. Uh, I don't know if that's really a no, – really I'm searching for anything. It's okay. <laughs> Search for this, right? Yeah. Sauce Gardner has 13 passes defended, right? 12, 13? I think it's 11. No. Is Fuck it 11? out of here. Let me, let, me, let me look it up right now. He had, he had three in this game. Him and DJ Reed both had three. They combined for six. Maybe my – I'll get an answer right now. Yeah. Because I don't know. Maybe I'm looking. It was before. Seven straight weeks. I know that. It's ridiculous. And what? He's allowed like 1.5 yards per target in the last two weeks. I think Nanny tweeted that out. Some ridiculous stat. I got to find it. This is brutal. I really need to have this answer. Yeah. And the whole secondary. LaMarcus Joyner has three picks. Jordan Whitehead should have had a pick at the end of the game right before the other CJ Mosley almost interception where Rippy just kind of threw it to nobody. But the secondary has been terrific. Michael Carter, this uh the slot corner, not the running back, has been unbelievable. Salt is 12. It is 12. All right, split the difference. So here here's the getting about 12. Ready for this? Through seven games, he has 12. Through yeah. eight games, his pace would be what? 13, 14? Sure. It's 13 or 14. If he continues on that pace, he will be second all time in a season for pass defended behind <laughs> Darrell Rivas. Number one, what thirty one? What is number two? Like twenty six? Twenty seven by Sheldon Brown and Troy Vincent. Darius Slay is twenty seventeen season at twenty six. Damn. Oh, nice. And, and the career record's like two hundred and one. Sauce plays ten years in the NFL. Boom. <laughs> career. Like, what are we doing here? He's gonna. They're unbelievable. This guy. Uh, how great would it be the easiest argument ever? Let's say he's the best corner ever. He deflected the most no, passes. But I don't... An interception counts as a pass defending, right? Like that's yes. the, So I'm fine with teams targeting him the entire rest of the year. Imagine he's like second all-time in that. Like what? It's a 17-game <laughs> season. It could like clearly happen. Yeah. Well, they have to throw it somewhere and good luck. Throw it at DJ Reed then. He's also insane. They're both maniacs. Now we have a pass rush. To let up 19 points back-to-back games against the Broncos and Packers, you know, on the road is is unbelievable. And the Jets are now under 20 points a game as a unit on defense for the season. So they're going to be in every game. You know, you basically have to go 5-5 and from this point on, and you're almost guaranteed a playoff spot with 10 wins. It's just all it's it's all good things except for the two really awful things that we talked about, and we don't know if our quarterback is good. <laughs> That's fair. And hey, look, 
scoreboard watching it's when fun. it comes to the playoff picture is so much more fun. Like I'm watching yesterday, Mike, like going through these games, like the Giants beat the Jaguars. Part of me is like, fuck. Giants are six one now, but I'm like Jaguars with that loss are likely eliminated from a you know two and five coming back to win ten games. Yeah, are they going to finish eight and three? No, that loss kind of knocks them down a huge peg. The Browns, um, the Colts with a tie come back. You assume the Titans maybe just run away with the AFC South and just you know fuck the. I'm shocked at the Colts. You were saying it earlier today. I mean, if they won that game and it's a close game, you're in first place. Now you're benching your Hall of Fame quarterback for Sam Islinger. I mean, yeah, not great. But you, you see that scenario, though. It's like now you just root for the Colts to lose out with their tie and tight and just kind of take take the yeah, exactly. right. AFC South. Jaguars, like I mentioned, lost to you. The Ravens and Browns <laughs> are an interesting one. Like Ravens, I do think the four and three. Like Steelers don't seem as competitive based on their loss last night as no, well. The Bengals are going to be good. Bengals are going to run away and be good. So maybe like the Bengals, Ravens, they can steal a wild card spot. But yeah, the Browns lose. All right, be, be like in the Jaguars territory of be really fucking bad. Yeah. You know, Raiders and Texans, one of those teams have to win. You can't do anything about it. And then... Because the West is the problem. The West, those teams are still good. Yep. Even though they haven't been playing well. See, And they, they decapit- decapitate each other. Like the Seahawks before the year started... A home Chargers game against Seattle, it's a it's a nine and a half point spread. Seattle yeah. beats them by two touchdowns. I don't think the Chargers are that good. Like I really don't. They have an elite quarterback. I think he's a top six guy. The Chargers team itself are have a pretty bad head coach, and they just give up a billion points a week, and they can't move the ball. Yeah, and, and they're you know Khalil Mack's been really good, but J.C. Jackson was really struggling, and then now he's out for the season. So. Yeah, I almost like is that like a it's weird. Like, never should you say is that a plus for them, but it's probably not. Like, he's still no. a great corner, you know. It's I'm happy that we took at least one against Miami because I do feel like Miami is going to be that weird team where at the end of the year, I think they're our final game of the year. Yeah, you don't want to come down to that game on the road in Miami, but you all you have to do is like a huge game tonight. New England's like a 10 point favorite. Chicago, I don't give a fuck about the oh. New England's going to lose and Belichick off a loss. Come back. No, I Chicago all the way tonight. If they win that game, that would be huge. So important because forward. the stupid Steelers couldn't help us beat the Dolphins. But you're right. There are about, you know, if the Jets are going to be a contender, which now they are, you're five and two. Some of these other teams that were projected to be contenders in the AFC have to not do it. And those are some of the teams you were mentioning, the Broncos and the Steelers and the Browns. Uh, the Raiders are, you know, have really bad luck. They've lost four games by like six points or less. Um, but the Jets are in a really good spot. Dolphins have a layup coming up. Four straight games. Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. The quarterback is back. Four really winnable games going for the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully you hope they go two and two there. Um, Mike, before we wrap up, I think we only have two minutes left. Yeah. I keep moving my goalpost of when the Jets were two and one, I was like, just take one of the next four. Then they yeah. win. I'm like, no, no just take like three. Out of- <laughs> I, I keep saying like, just give me one. And when it came down to the Broncos, Patriots builds, I was like, just give me one out of those three. So we're five and four at the bye. Now that we have that, I'm going to say it again. Just give me one of New England <laughs> and Buffalo. Keep that momentum going. And I don't know how country. to. I don't know how to lose anymore. I don't know how to cope with a loss. What's going to happen if the Jets lose? Are we going to freak out? Is it going to be a disaster? I, I hope there's some dysfunction with the Patriots and the whole like 
I re- I'd rather probably play Bailey Zappi because I think Mac Jones isn't that bad, but Mac yeah. Jones throws a pick at home tonight. Is it going to be like a weird, is it Bailey Zappi ran the offense better? Like, and they're on a short week. I said it yeah. last week on this podcast, a weird short week. I said, Russell Wilson, Judy, or one of their other starting offensive linemen, one of them gets hurt. Like that changes the entire complexion. Bang. Russell Wilson hurt. Yeah, so, I, I don't hope he's hurt for long, but a short week, New England has a few guys banged up. Change the game. Keep an eye on tonight. Look, go Bears. Uh, go Jets on Sunday. I'm excited. I'm so excited to be at the stadium. We're going to feel so much better than we do this moment, recording this podcast Monday night. Our two young studs on offense just, just a couple hours ago were put out for the season. By Thursday, Friday, Jets Twitter is going to be fired up. We're going to remember we're 5-2. and two. We're going to pack the stadium. It's going to be very fun. Halloween weekend. Yeah. All right. Less than a minute to go, Mike. Any final parting words? The Jets just, again, if you would have said the Jets have five wins at this point in the season, I think anybody would sign for anything. You know, at what cost is, is a fair question, but it's time. We are a contender. We're going to be in all the in the hunt graphics where you have a chance to win the division. We're there. We have arrived. We have a sick defense. Let's go. It's it's better than we could have ever imagined.